This is Look West, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. When we hear the sound of first responders, even under normal circumstances, we know they're speeding to help people in distress. Throughout this coronavirus pandemic, these law enforcement officers, emergency medical technicians, and firefighters are facing even more dire situations. I'm Ben Cheever with Look West. Two former first responders, Jim Cooper and Freddie Rodriguez, now serve as members of the California State Assembly. We spoke with them about the changes and challenges first responders are facing during the COVID-19 crisis. I'm Jim Cooper. I'm an assembly member. I spent 30 years with the Sacramento Sheriff's Department. I was a captain there. Uh, I spent 10 years undercover uh, working, buying narcotics day and night. I was a sheriff's spokesman. I worked in the gang unit, and then I promoted up the ranks and uh, commanded uh, patrol, the jails, detectives, pretty much every unit in the sheriff's department I commanded. I've been working as an emergency medical technician for over 30 years. I did that 30 years full-time, and uh, when I came to the legislature, I was able to do it part-time. Uh, so actually, it's been about maybe two years, the last time I actually worked in an ambulance, uh, roughly. Uh, but with that, I mean, I look back at my career. Um, I probably transported probably of a quarter of a million people, I think at least 250,000 people. If I look back at my shifts that I worked. Assembly members Cooper and Rodriguez say being a first responder, even before the COVID-19 crisis, is a very, very difficult job. Rodriguez says being an EMT is not for everyone. Not everybody can do that type of job because you have to be uh, mentally strong and physically strong because you're doing a lot of lifting of patients. You're dealing with a lot of emotions. Uh, think about it this way. Um, when people call 911, they're calling at probably the worst time in their life, right? Somebody's sick, somebody's dying, and somebody's in pain or suffering. And, and sometimes you're the first ones there at a house or the side of a road. And you got to, it's a very stressful situation to some, and you got to calm and reassure folks, right, that you're here to help save them, help address their emergency. Cooper says it's only gotten worse since the coronavirus outbreak began. The job is much tougher. As a law enforcement officer, any first responder, um, you have to go out and work and do these type of things. And it's, it's very tough. You can't go home. So you're going in areas, a lot of folks... Um, don't take care of themselves, so you're putting yourself at risk on a daily basis. So you really don't have a choice, especially in law enforcement. You've taken that sworn oath to defend the Constitution. So you've got to go out and do those things. And it, it's tough. It's tough times now. Uh, at the end of the day, um, those law enforcement officers don't have the personal protective equipment. And sometimes they're dealing with some folks that don't take care of themselves. So they're much more apt to, to uh, come down with COVID-19. But you would think in this day and age, people would stay home they had instances down in L.A. where people are getting together, over 100, partying, and their law enforcement's forced to come and, and tells people to go home and break it up. Um, so it's tough, and it's just it's a constant basis. And then, you know, some folks just don't follow the rules, and they, um, they're involved in, in criminal activities, so you don't get a choice of who you deal with. Domestic violence has gone up dramatically, and the reason is people are sheltered in place. You can't go anywhere, you can't go out, and tensions rise. So we're seeing women being beaten has increased dramatically. And, and how, do you, how do you solve that? How do you resolve that? So there's so many other issues going on. You talk about child abuse, that happens more and more and more. So a lot of the unknowns, the dirty little secrets are going on where a lot of the public doesn't see that. But the fact is it's going on. These officers are forced to go in these houses and deal with these situations and, and try and make better lives for people. So it's just, 
it's, it's a very intense job. And the, the, the big part is, think about this. No one ever calls you because they're having a good day. They're calling you because they're having a bad day and bad stuff is happening. Rodriguez says his son, a sheriff's deputy, is seeing the same thing. I talked to my son, he's, he's a deputy sheriff, and he, hearing his frustrations where he tells me, Dad, because everybody's home, all we do, majority of our calls are regarding domestic violence, mental health issues, and it's becoming a burden on them that they're hearing and seeing that, and they really can't help them with that because you can't go outside, right? You gotta stay home and shelter in place. So look at all those impacts it's gonna have on on our communities, right? And, and how do we address it? The need is great. Both men say even the serious, large-scale events they dealt with during their days as first responders don't compare to today's COVID-19 pandemic. Cooper was deeply involved in what was the largest hostage situation in the U.S. at the time, the 1991 Good Guys Hostage Standoff. Four individuals took over an electronics store and wanted a plane uh, to Thailand or Vietnam and they had, I believe, 36 hostages in that building. Uh, they shot some hostages, and uh, when our guys stormed the store, um, uh, they ended up uh, engaging in a gun battle. Um, three hostages were killed, and three suspects were killed. And my part was, I, I took a bulletproof vest up in exchange. Uh, they said they were gonna kill a hostage if they didn't get a vest. So I took the vest up there for that purpose. But. Uh, the, the SWAT team, the SED team, they were the real heroes, actually. Rodriguez spent many long days helping the victims of Hurricanes Katrina and Rita in 2005. It's a whole different uh, setting from one spectrum to another because, yeah, that, that was more of a disaster due to the hurricanes, right? So you, you're kind of aware of what, what's going on. Here, we don't know, right? The patients that you're treating, every day's a different day. Out there, it was a little bit more um, controlled because we knew what we had to do. And, and so it's, it's a big difference. A lot of unknowns what people are facing now to what you would face in that type of disaster from a hurricane. Adding to the stress for first responders today is the need to keep their families safe as well. When you come home, you know, you take your clothes off um, because with the infection, this, and there's still a lot of unknowns. They don't want to come home and transmit it to their family. At the same time, they've got a duty and responsibility to make sure they're out there taking care of us as citizens. So it's, it's, it's a fine line walking that. And it's, it's not an easy job. And under the circumstances before COVID-19, it was tough being in law enforcement. And now that has made it significantly harder to do that job. Now, the day and age you live in, we, we have to protect not only ourselves, but our families. Coming home to your, your families, and sometimes you may have to self-isolate, right? Or, or maybe not even come home, go get a, a, a room at a hotel or motel. Or, or maybe if you have a, I know some patients, uh, people I I hear about have trailers and they'll stay outside the house because of they don't want to make be able to if they do have maybe the virus we don't know sometimes that they are self-oscillating and not be able to hug and and their families or their wives their spouses right because of the situation we're in so it's more difficult now more than ever my daughter she's a respiratory therapist we talk about the ventilators right well, my daughter is one of them that knows how to operate those machines. And my friends tell me that, hey, the increase of patients, I think uh, some of our healthcare workers are being overworked. And, and the increase is starting to, to get to some folks, right? Because uh, we've never experienced this before in, in, our, in our lifetime. And how do we deal with it as best we can? Uh, it becomes a very stressful situation. So both of Assemblymember Rodriguez's children are on the front lines and so is Assemblymember Cooper's daughter. She's a nurse. He's been told by her that one of the biggest concerns is the lack of personal protective equipment, 
or PPE? My daughter's nervous. She's nervous, but she's got a job to do and she should have that protective equipment. I didn't know a lot of things about the nursing field that I now know. So it really hits home with me. This lack of PPE is also on Rodriguez's radar. I think the most important thing now is to make sure that they have the necessary protective gear and, and uh, clothing, uh, the mask, the shields, everything that's needed. And I think the healthcare profession, especially the first responders, should be priority in getting that type of equipment because we're hearing a lot of issues where uh, gear is going to other folks and whatnot. They're all important, but sometimes our first responders, they're on the front line of these patients, right? Remember, they're, they're going to people's houses, they're going side of the road where they have no idea what this patient may have or may not. Out there on the streets, you don't know when you're picking somebody up. They may have the signs and symptoms, but they don't know for sure until you get them to the hospital, you get them tested, and you know what they have and how to deal with it. So making sure that they have the, the gear and, and things of that nature is important. Kathy Kennedy, a veteran of 40 years as a registered nurse, can confirm there's a real concern among medical personnel when it comes to protecting themselves. This is a scary time. I don't think that we've ever, in my lifetime, I've never seen anything like this. You know, this is a pandemic. So this is an emergency. And so going to work, you know, and we knew about this back in December and January. So, you know, as, as we, as I enter the hospital and talk to the nurses, everybody is frustrated. They're scared because uh, personal protective equipment that the hospital provides us based on CDC guidance, which has been downgraded, and it keeps being downgraded. It's frustrating. Nurses are scared that they're going to, you know, be exposed to this virus and inadvertently expose other patients, their colleagues, their families, and the community. And if a nurse gets COVID-19, there's another battle to wage. Kennedy says the nurses must prove to the medical facility they contracted the virus while on duty. The presumption currently is that they would have gotten it out in the community. If we get sick, we have to fight, number one, to get tested just to see if we've been exposed. We've got to fight. We have to prove to the employer that we need to be tested. And then they say, well, if you didn't have an assignment that had a, you, where you cared for a COVID positive patient or a PUI patient, you got it in the community. So, we're, so you can be out sick if you want and you know use your sick time. So we're constantly having to prove it. And, and so we really need presumptive eligibility by the nature of what we do, just like police officers, just like firemen, we need to have that. And that's what Assemblymember Cooper is now proposing with this urgency legislation, AB 664. I dropped a bill this last week that will deal with this for firefighters, nurses, and law enforcement to make it presumptive. So once the governor declares a state of emergency, if someone from those occupations contracts coronavirus or COVID-19, uh, they'll be covered with that. And because the thing is with law enforcement and fire, you have to go in those houses, in those homes, and deal with folks out there, homeless people, a lot of folks that don't necessarily take care of themselves. And then also, with our nurses, people come to the hospital, they're sick, they have no choice. They have to go to work. Right now, it's up in the air. We just want to make it definitive if that happens. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. It's, it's clear cut. 
Kennedy says the presumptive eligibility for nurses in Cooper's legislation is something they've wanted for a long, long time. You know, I'm happy that, you know, Assemblyman Cooper is going to put us on this bill as, you know, as, as an emergency COVID-19 uh, presumptive eligibility. But we really need this, whether it's COVID-19 or, or not. Um, so this is something that nurses, at least here in st- the state of California and nationally, we have been fighting for this for a long time. Assemblymember Rodriguez thinks Cooper's legislation will be just one of the areas state lawmakers will be addressing in the coming weeks and months. I think legislatively uh, is protective gear, PPEs for healthcare workers in all settings, the first responders, the nurses, the doctors, the folks working inside and outside those health facilities, uh, making sure that they are priority for getting PPEs. And obviously a uh, child care, you know, because some of these folks uh, don't have child care the way we're facing now we got, because our kids aren't in school. Uh, it becomes a burden on our health care workers if they have children and they have to go to work. Who's going to be able to take care of them and watch their kids while they're at work? Uh, things of that nature and maybe um, regarding more time off of work for some of these health care workers, making sure that they're not uh, overworked to make sure that the people comply with, you know, we talk about patient ratios especially for our nurses, because right now we're living in a different world where I think they're being inundated with more work than ever before and maybe not enough time off and sleep and rest. So a lot of things of that nature of just taking care of the workforce. Look West will have more on the coronavirus, its impacts on the front lines personnel and medical facilities, on public health and on mental health, and new episodes coming your way soon. I'm Ben Cheever with Look West. Stay safe. The Look West podcast is produced by the California Assembly Democrats. When you think of California and politics, remember to look west.